Today's episode is sponsored by the Christian Standard Bible. The goal of the CSB is to be faithful to the original languages without sacrificing clarity, all the while maintaining both accuracy and readability. With beautiful designs and multiple study Bible options, everyone, from adults to teens to children, could find a CSB Bible that they enjoy. Learn more at csbible.com. Welcome to Real Talk Christian Podcast, where we drink coffee and have real conversations on faith, culture, and society. This is Mark Hyde. And Beth Hyde. And on today's episode of Real Talk Christian Podcast, you get to hear from the Hydes. And even though we're not single, we're going to be talking about singleness. Beth, you ready? I am. Let's go. Hi. Hi. This is really interesting. This is different. No, I haven't been on your podcast in a while. Um, I was single. You were single <laughs> last time you were on the podcast. For those people who don't know, I don't know anyone who doesn't know at this point. We interviewed you, episode 39, yep. talking about being single foster mom, and then you adopted all your kids, and then you decided to marry this fool with my two kids, and dragged you up to South Bend, and now we have a 15-passenger van, and... <laughs> You're teaching again, and things are a little different than what they were when you were single. Yeah, a lot is different. <laughs> yeah, I mean, life has definitely changed in the past year and a half. Not even a year and a half. Say, we interviewed you last April. Beginning of April, Beginning yeah. Beginning of April, and then we... Did uh, we ever stop talking? No. Girl, come on now. I got your number, though, in like a week. No, it was not a week. Was it, was it, it longer was than a week? Same, it, same you didn't day? ask me. My, it wasn't the same day. No, no, no. You didn't ask me for my number until the podcast, the week of the podcasting, a podcast released. So that was like end of April. So it took you about three weeks. Oh, so it took me about three yeah, weeks. Is that what you, you said? Yeah, took you three weeks. Absolutely. Okay. And it was so obvious. No, it was not. <laughs> it was too. I said that. I screenshot your text like to five people at least immediately. <laughs> I'm like, A for effort. But yes, you may have my number. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> well, we are not here to talk tonight about our relationship. We're here to talk about singleness, which honestly, I'll be very honest, is not a topic that I can speak well <laughs> into. Um, I pretty much have had a girlfriend ever since I was like 13, 14. And Mark was my first boyfriend. so. <laughs> and your first kiss. Yes. But you already had kids before me. Yes. <laughs> that sounds like a... <laughs> it's really fun. Yeah, it's very unique, unique. But either way, so... Uh, wow, I stuttered a little bit. So it's a little weird to do the podcast right now because of family issues and sickness. And then, you know, we started school. Fuller's went on vacation. Chris had to miss it. And just stuff came up and he wasn't able to be here to hang out with us. And sorry if you're looking for us on YouTube. We have no video this week either because we literally are recording in our 
third level while the kids are supposedly sleeping upstairs. Hopefully they're sleeping upstairs. I just heard a thud, so I'm not really sure. Yeah, I heard a thud too. I'm just going to ignore it. I'm going to guess Lucy dropped her book because she was ready to go to bed. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, our kids are weird. When it's time to go to bed, Lucy chucks her books out of her bed. (laughs) And she always wants the world's biggest books when she goes to bed. I'm done. (laughs) And then we we move on. Um, But either way, uh, Fuller just wants to let you guys know he misses you guys. We'll be back next week, though. Um, We're potentially... I don't know. I mean, we we got one interview lined up for a hopefully another recent episode. Hopefully that will be the next episode. We'll see if we're able to get that thing pulled off in time. But either way, Fuller's unable to be here. I didn't want you to guys to just sit here and listen to me go on for 45, 50 minutes, even though it is... It is a joy and a blessing for you to do that. Beth can okay. attest to that because I, I mean, yes, you can talk for forty. I can talk for forty five minutes, no question. <laughs> and what's funny is it took me a little bit to realize. Oh, she's not listening. She's on Instagram, so <laughs> it is what it is. But we still got a show to do. So for the last, uh, well, it's only been a few, ep- a handful of episodes since we started season three. But in season three, we've been doing "Would You Rather" questions. And Beth, I know you know what's going on. You listen to every single episode. Oh, oh, no, you don't. Okay, the last few weeks have been a bit busy, so <laughs> I've missed a couple. I, I'm probably behind two or three, two and a half actually, to be precise. I, okay, don't give me that look. I have a job now. <laughs> Okay. A job and seven kids. Yes, but a full-time job teaching a bunch of little people because apparently seven kids is not enough little people. So you jump people. back into teaching <laughs> more little people. So here you go. Would you rather, Beth, and then I'll answer too, then we'll see what America has to say about this. Would you rather spend a year alone in a deep sea submarine or would you rather spend a year alone up in the space station? Oh. Oh. Uh-huh. Space. I would definitely go with space. Just because cool? Um, yeah. I'd say space, mainly because submarines are stupid small. Uh, yeah, it's like, small there's and not very claustrophobic. Really, like, I mean... And plus, like, bouncing around with no gravity would be super fun. That would be super dope. That would be super dope. 64% of other people say the exact same thing. Um, would you rather be any movie character that you want or be any video game character that you want? I hate video games. A movie, absolutely. Who would you Who would you choose? A movie? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, if... Uh, if if well, my favorite movie is while be. you were sleeping. So would you want to be Sandra Meg Bullock. Ryan? Though? Oh, 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 that's Sandra, Sandra Bullock. Bullock. I'm thinking you got mail. Yes. I'm thinking you got mail. That's yes. another one of your favorites. Though. Yes. But yeah, Sandra Bullock and in while you were sleeping, which is why I love the name Lucy and my daughter's name is Lucy. Well, not exactly. But it's not the, exactly correlated, but the idea sparked from that movie. And you are as awkward as Lucy. Yes. Most of the time, yes. Most of the time, yes. <laughs> I would say video game, though. Why? Like, there's a lot of movie characters, but you don't like, even play video games. I don't, but I mean, but like growing up, there's just some cool. You want to like be able to drop kick anybody on? Like, a think like a, like I want, like the Assassin's Creed dude. That'd know. be pretty dope. I know. Well, we'll, we'll click movie. Sixty-two percent of people also say movie. Um, that's a very awkward question. We're not going to do that one. Um, would you rather cheat in games and win, or always play fairly and lose? Always play fairly. I won't cheat. If I can't win the right way, I have no business winning. I like to win too much. I'm going to go with win. Um, (laughs) 52% of people say win and 48% 
percent of people say always play fairly and lose. So do you cheat in every game? Is that why I, I cheat? Even? If you show me your hand, I'm gonna look. If you show me your hand, <laughs> it's true. I don't cheat. I, I, I should say this. I but you know me in games. I am such a by the rule book where if you say there's a rule, I actually will look up said rule and make sure. Yeah, you have to have them all on. written down. I have to have them like... written down, or I play with the rule book next to me. And even if someone's teaching me the game, I will make sure they don't tell me any crap. Because one time, oh, a buddy, you? not you, it's not you, it's oh, not you. Okay. A buddy of mine, we were playing a game and he did something, and I'm like, you can't do that. And he goes, yes, I can. It's part of the rules. And I said, you never said that. He goes, why would I? The game is huge. It was a huge board game. And I'm like, I could have done that. I don't know, but you can't be pulling stuff out your butt that we don't know about, little home field advantage. So ever since then, I will not let anybody tell me how to play a game without the rule book right in front of me. Unless it's like a card game like with your family and they just hand me a set of rules. And that's the yeah, set of rules. Yeah, because we write them down for you. And your mom laminates them. <laughs> your mom laminates them for me, So which is super, super fun. So uh, before we tell you about the coffee we're drinking tonight, we got a quick review we want to read for you guys. This is from Terry PK and over on Apple Podcasts. And it says, uh, love your show. Your show makes it so much easier to understand the Bible. When I read the Bible, sometimes I get confused. But listening to y'all has helped me. He said y'all, so he might he be from be the Southern. South. Um, which I know you appreciate that. Definitely. Um, I'm going back and listening to all your shows. Thank you so much for taking the time and doing the shows. Well, Terry PK, we appreciate you, man. So I will admit this. I have really sucked with sending out the mini swag bags, like with the letters and the pins, because the UPS keeps sending them back to my house. So now I have to figure out a different way to try to sneak pins into the mail without spending a fortune just to mail pins to people. But I got to get those mini swag bags out to some of you. But Terry PK, reach out to us because we want to send you something, bro. But before we keep going, Beth, we always do this. Fuller and I always do. We always drink coffee every single episode. So I'm making you drink coffee tonight. Yeah, but, but he made me decaf. But I made you decaf because... From Mahalo, right? It's from Mahalo. Yes. Okay, so Mahalo, you can tell them about Mahalo. Okay, Mahalo you know was less than a mile from my house down in Knoxville, and I loved it. It was this adorable shop. They had, like, it was... Their Instagram Hawaiian is real cute, too. Theme. Well, yeah, because Hannah Instagram runs their Instagram. Amazing. Hannah is a former student of mine, and she is an excellent photographer, and she takes all their social shots. But yeah, they just opened up another shop downtown Knoxville, and... They, their coffee is just amazing. And their cinnamon rolls, oh my gosh, the best. You know, I never had a cinnamon roll when we were down there. Because uh, they sell out so fast. They probably oh, is that why? Because yeah. we showed up at like noon and they had like no pastries yeah. at all. No, their cinnamon rolls sell out really fast every day. I'm pretty so, sure. We are drinking Mahalo decaf, which honestly for decaf, it's still really good. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, you're not a coffee snob. No. When I met you, you were drinking Folgers. I was drinking coffee out of necessity not for taste and now i don't have time but for but now you don't, you don't drink as much coffee as you <laughs> used to because we I make don't. specialty craft coffee at the hyde house yes and i started drinking well yeah i just started drinking more coffee or water and cut out some calf co- i'm struggling wow coffee it's a long day i've been talking all day to second graders Whew. um yeah i cut out some coffee and started drinking more water and it made me feel better and not so old. So, and let's be honest, you can't take as many bathroom breaks as you would want if you were drinking <laughs> lots of coffee. Yeah, I have to text people to help me. <laughs> I'm like, I need a bathroom break. The pleasure of talking with them. But either way, we're drinking decaf tonight. It still tastes real good. It's. A, I was gonna say you're not a coffee snob because it's a little stale because we've had it for a little bit. I can bit. tell. You can no, tell. Can wow. Tell. You've, you've changed me. We have changed you. <laughs> I'm real excited for the next episode because I got some special stuff. I, I'm sure Fuller has stuff too. Fuller always is bringing home new coffees too, but I got some special stuff made here in South Bend 
It's the the Ethiopian important oh, yeah. Joes. That's some good stuff. But tonight we are drinking Mahalo decaf. If this if you're listening to us in the morning, because a lot of you guys listen to us in the morning on your way to work. I know Rodney Buse does. Please forgive us for drinking decaf. Forgive us, Father, for we have sinned. But either okay, way, it's moving Friday on. Night it's Friday night. Party up with the highs with our decaf coffee. But without further ado, let's jump into the episode. All righty, let's do this. So we're talking about singleness tonight. And obviously, we're not single. We're married. We have seven children. <laughs> Which is, it's still really funny to say like, oh yeah, I we mean, have seven I was children with five, so. <laughs> and you're a single, single mom with five. Um, but it seems like in today's culture, I mean, whether you're on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, everybody's getting engaged. Everybody's dating somebody. Tinder was created to help people hook up and have relationships and find connections and all these different things. And it seems like our culture is constantly throwing relationships in our faces and saying that if you if you don't have somebody there either is something wrong with you, like there legit might legit be something wrong with you because you can't land a man you can't get a girl like yeah just don't even try anymore but did you because you're sitting here you were single you weren't waiting for a man to, to 29 to start your life. years <laughs> yeah um yeah so i, I guess, want to say is that something you experienced yes. though and felt um on and off it depended it, it depended on what i allowed to influence me and what I was around. So a lot of the time in, in college, it was just watching people pair up. It was watching people, you know, get out of a relationship and jump into another one or watching people date long term. And I don't know. And so there it wasn't a big deal, but it was once I was in my first career job and just kind of in your first career job, like teaching at the Christian school. Yes. Yeah. And so during that time I had my own apartment, I was living alone and I was like, all right, I have the job. I've gotten the degree. I have my own apartment. I'm ready for a man. And then nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and then well, you had a couple dates. I, 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 no, I, no, lo- no, no. I love talking about when you got ghosted though. It just, I don't know okay, why. It wasn't necessarily truly ghosted and technically, I don't know. I don't know. I've gotten ghosted a few times. Yes. But the one time you're specifically talking about, it was, and that was after children. I, the first day they ever went on was after children. You knew that. I have the world's worst memory. Really like do. I, I, I told really him the story like 15 times. It's fine. <laughs> but it's so funny though. But so, but you had your own apartment. I mean, you went through college, which let's just jokes aside, most people who go to Bible college walk away from Bible college. But I knew being I married, know why. you know. I just well, okay, for for well back up. When I showed up at college, it was a lot different than what I thought it was gonna be. And then like I didn't know much about the college to be honest. I just I was supposed to go to Northland where you went to college. Yep, Northern Wisconsin. Whoop, whoop. I actually took online courses from Northland and then there was a lot of stuff going on and I was hearing a lot of rumors and I was hearing a lot of things. And so um, I just didn't feel comfortable with it. And, and when I you say took- rumors, this, is just, this cracks me okay. up. We were going quote unquote liberal okay. in your mind. In my, well, kind of in my right. mind. I was, I was very, very, very conservative minded in my standards. I was, I was, I would say I was legalistic back then. And holy rolling, holy rolling is what I call it. And, um, when I showed up at college, it was a lot different than what I thought it was. Cause I really didn't know much about the college. And I kind of looked around and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to marry any of these people. I mean, I still like, 
liked <laughs> some boys and like attempted to talk to some guys. But I also had a group of friends who were all like hot commodities in the Bible college world. And I was like, eh, I'm just gonna go back here and go to work. <laughs> so I worked a ton. I packed my semester hours full, like 18 to 21 hours every semester and worked a ton and graduated in three and a half years. And uh, yeah, so but sometime in the middle of college, um, I also God told me that I was going to marry a man with kids. And so I kind of always had that like in the back of my mind. Which, okay, I'm, I'm trying to ask questions as if I don't know you, but I have to tell stories because I do know you. Didn't you like cry to your mom yes, when you I told was, her that like, story? Yes, I was doing my devotions like on a break. I was home like for fall break or Christmas break or something. And I was doing my devotions and I got up and I was just like getting ready for the day. And it was like, I couldn't get like this, like... Mm, spirit leading thought out of my mind where I was just like it could, kept wrestling with it and then all of a sudden I just started crying and my mom's like what is wrong wait what I was like I think God's just gonna God's telling me that I'm gonna marry a man with children and I just have to expect my life not to be cookie cutter <laughs> <laughs> jokes on you <laughs> I didn't know how true it was gonna be um, so yeah, I always kind of understood that I was called to something unique. And so I've always had a very different perspective on it because I was never, I mean, I can't say that I was always content being single. That's definitely not the case, but there was a, I had a bigger picture mindset with okay. it. So I was never necessarily afraid that I wasn't going to get married. It was more of why it wasn't happening now. Like, okay. and, I, and we'll get to that bigger picture mindset here in a little bit. But when you were in high school, because like I think uh, I, I was a youth pastor at, at the Christian school you were at. You were basically the school's youth pastor. Let's just call yeah, it what basically. it is. You were the student life spiritual director of the entire high school, whatever I mean, the title yeah, was. Yes, you sure. basically were the youth pastor who planned everything. I was the fun part of the youth Yeah, pastor. you did everything I wasn't except allowed actually to have the walk spiritual- up and teach. Part. I mean, yes. Right. I did the, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're not talking, we're not here talking about that. Whatever. But it's more the fact of, I was a youth pastor. You basically had the same, you walked the same path I did. You did it single. I did it when, when I was married. But, you know, so many times I feel like half of the conversations that I would have with junior junior hires and high schoolers is what boy this girl's into, what, what girl this dude, you know, potentially, hopefully is, you know, maybe she'll notice me. I don't know. But it's so much about these relationships are walking alongside kids who are dating somebody where it's like, okay, please don't, don't screw your life up. Like, just like, just no, my first question for don't do nothing. And then, (laughs) and then they break up and then you have to sit there with them in the heart, like in the heartache. And you got to like, I mean, and I've done it. I've traveled down to college and hung out with people after they've had breakups. And, and like, I feel like, I don't want to say that's all the youth pastor life is, is watching people date and then break up and then bounce to the next thing. But that's the biggest part of it. Most youth pastors are always talking about how do you handle, you know, PDA and youth groups? How do you handle, you know, guys and girls who want to hold hands or they're kind of a little touchy feely? It's like you can't get away from that even in junior high and high school. And uh, your boy got in trouble a lot in high school. I was not the greatest, but you never even dated a single dude in your high school, in your youth group. Well, the two guys in my high school (laughs) graduating class I'd known since kindergarten or earlier and uh that was just but did, did you ever once think is there I something had, wrong with me no. that you're not attracted to these I guys mean, or you yes. want to have a boyfriend okay. or you want to okay. have this i mean yes there were always times that you know the enemy would fill my thoughts of well you're 
Well, <laughs> funny fact. I don't know if I've, I, I know I've told you this. There was a guy in college that I had zero patience for. And this is also, I don't take any crap from anybody and I never have. No, she doesn't. Guys. She <laughs> so does not. I'm going to tell you like it is. I'm really nice. And I'm really non-confrontational until you hit that button, and then I've have I have no grace. But you also, you are a you are a very good communicator. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have also don't have time to beat around the bush like I do. You just go, I need to tell you something, so I'm going to tell it to you. Yeah, and if somebody offends me, it takes a lot to offend me, and once you offend me, I'm going to let you know because I want to either a educate you. Or B, shut you down. Mm -hmm. So I had a guy who just did not appreciate my personality for some reason. I'm such a lovely person all the time. I don't think I know this one. He told me we were in some math classes. We were, we were in the same class in college. And he said, Beth, I could fill up a whole word document of reasons of why you're single. You have told me this one. <laughs> and I was like... Well, thank you. I don't want your perspective on my singleness anyways or why I'm attractive or anything because... I think you're a moron. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So um, there were times, yes, that I would think, why am I single? But I also, I had been, I was a very determined person. I've always been a big picture, goal-oriented person. I knew what God called me to. And somebody, you know, I remember talking to a guy somebody introduced me to. Um, he went to another Bible college and we were talking and I said, adoption is a passion of mine and I will adopt one day. And he said, well, I would, I would only want to adopt if my wife couldn't have kids. And I said, well, first of all, it could also be your problem. So <laughs> um, adoption is not a plan B for me. My adoption is always going to be a plan A. And my children will never, ever, adopted or biological, will never, ever think that they are plan B because that's not what adoption's for. It's not a plan B. While God uses infertility to draw people to adoption, adoption's not plan B. Sorry, it's a little... It's your passion is, but it's what it is that's the way I always was like I always led with my passions or with my my goals and if a guy didn't match that then that was not a match for me because I wasn't about to change myself for a man but did you ever get shut down though for opportunities because you were single because you weren't married or you weren't um, like some pastor's I, wife or you mean like like, like opportunities like whether like trying to get to the mission field or opportunities well, at the school. Well, I mean, it was just more difficult. It was difficult. Um, and then I, you know, went through the classic workplace chauvinism and, you know, well, we know that guy doesn't work well with you because he doesn't like women in, in leadership and we gave him the job that you want, that he wanted, or we gave you the job that he wanted and all this stuff and dealing with that and being a single mom too was very difficult and I was treated like a pregnant teenager at some point in my career and that was you know really hard so yeah I've, I've I've had difficulties being fully accepted as adult when I'm a young single woman because somehow being married magically matures you into something else but you know being a strong independent woman isn't maturing I don't know yeah. I didn't never get and, it. <laughs> and you know a segue out of this because I was gonna ask you another question but I think this would be a good time because you know I'm even thinking about okay so um, obviously your, I don't want to say worldview, your perspective is a little different because you're not sitting around, you, you, you never were sitting around waiting for a dude to show up. You weren't like, Oh, I hope I can get married so I can finally start my life or, right. you know, or, Oh shoot, I'm single. I guess I can't. I mean, I'm not magically content. Things. I mean, I cried over a few boys that didn't like me that liked friends of mine or liked a girl that I was like, what her? She's a child <laughs> <laughs> she's a child it happened a couple times oh goodness 
but not, not an actual child, but like no, no, emotionally no. Like immature. we were, we were mid twenties, and she was like eighteen. So. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> so yeah, no, but um, I was never just sitting around waiting to get married, or like I mean. I might have, when I was visiting churches in Knoxville, I was like, ooh, this might be the church I meet my husband at. <laughs> so it always looked really nice. But, um, you know, you, you, you get into the habit of, or not in habit, but you, you set your mind on, you know, the Bible verse of set your mind on things above and not things on the earth. And while being married from, you know, my perspective now is an excellent gift. You're welcome. <laughs> yes, Mark, you, you are the gift. You're welcome. Um, but marriage is a beautiful, wonderful gift, but it wasn't my goal. Jesus was my goal. And I think that might be part of the issue is marriage is a gift. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, what does the Bible say about marriage? Well, God created marriage. We see Adam and Eve and he looked at Adam and said, oh shoot, it's, oh, he didn't say, oh shoot, that's not true. Um, but he was like, it's not good for man to be alone. So he made him a companion, a helpmate. What? He said, oh, I know Adam said, oh, that's what Adam, he went, (laughs) have you ever, have you ever heard of why Adam called Eve woman? He looked at her and went, whoa, Whoa, man. man. (laughs) (laughs) Dad joke. But, you know, God created marriage. He created Eve for Adam. And, and, you know, subsequently, I believe he made Adam for Eve. And you see so much in scripture about what rules married people should have with one another. Um, You look in the church and there's so many, you know, young people family ministries and, you know, here's the couple's ministry and here's these married people and here's these marriage retreats. And, you and know, there's also the little bit of over romanticizing church members do where like marriage is a picture of bride and the Christ, of, of Christ and the bride. And, and so there's that I, in my perspective is there's hyper over romanticizing of that picture and then it becomes like you should get married so you can represent the beautiful picture of bride and or Christ and the bride, and actually show people the gospel through your right. marriage. When I mean that's, that's what I see. What I mean when I've done a few different where, many oh wow 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 a few different wedding ceremonies. That's right. that's part of the language that I use. Is this is what this picture represents? Right. But I think you're missing out on more if you just over romanticize that because singleness is a gift. Some people hate that term. I, I did. I'm like, oh, cool. Yay. You got the gift that does not give. <laughs> really though, when you're stuck buying Christmas gifts for every single person in your family and you get nothing, it's great. <laughs> I'm not bitter. <laughs> You're not bitter at all. But you know, but, but I love giving gifts because I'm a two. But so it I, actually doesn't bother I me. I think there's something inside of all of us though that does long for that companionship. Well, though. we were created to. It is right. not a bad thing to want marriage. And that was something that I wrestled with actually a couple of years before meeting you. It was I it's okay. I don't I'm not a desperate spinster if a desperate spinster. That's that's a phrase. Um, yes. I'm not a desperate spinster if I'm wishing for marriage and praying for marriage. I mean, when I went through my Bible study um, fervent with my church, there's a whole section on praying for your husband and praying for your children. And I specifically prayed for my future husband. You're welcome. Um, f- many different things. I prayed specific things. I prayed for, you know, your spiritual life. I've prayed for your financial welfare. I've prayed for your health. I've prayed for your education. I don't know. I've prayed for lots of different specific things, but I prayed for you, not for me to just have a husband. 
I, I've prayed for that too. But it was that different mindset shift that I got when I was like, okay, I'm going to pray for this person that God will enrich their life now so we can, and I want to pray that God enriches my life and grows me closer to him now so that when we come together, we can be a couple that is based on Christ because we're not looking to fulfill each other. We're looking to be fulfilled by Christ, which is how we were designed. But we were created created to desire marriage and desire companionship. And I think all of society gets that. I mean, that's why we got, I mean, you know, set aside Christian mingle and these Christian dating sites. What's the other one, like freechristiandating.com or something Mr. like my that? my sister met her husband. Oh, um but like you know but we have we have tinder we have uh bumble we have bachelorette (laughs) yeah that's a guilty pleasure that's for sure i got him hooked yeah you're welcome i'm I'm still i'm still bitter if if you're not caught up i'm still bitter about what katie did poor greg and mike uh, greg and uh uh Michael A. Michael A. Were, they're my boys. But either way, um, <laughs> and Connor B too. But um, so some people have no idea what's going on, but Kimberly Frerichs, you know what's up. So, um, <laughs> but you know, our society is in, basically they like, I have to find my person. I know that was, that was the term Katie always in the yes. back. So I just need to find my person. And I am my every, own person. Every time she, lo- oh, <laughs> but every time she looked at the boys, she would say, you're not my person. Or I'm trying to figure out if you're my person. And like everyone is so obsessed with finding my person, which I think is so funny because then you like you just look at Bachelor and Bachelorette and Bachelor Nation. I'm like, who's that? And you're like, oh, they're from this season and this season and that season. And I'm like, well, apparently they keep screwing up and not finding well, the one, which we've talked about that. And yeah. uh, I remember what episode that was Fuller and I did about um finding your soulmate and is there such a thing as a soulmate and finding your one we talked about that in recent or not recent but in past episodes but our culture and society is so ingrained in you have to find your person in fact um, i'm trying to load this up here real quick there is a i want to read three of these quotes actually so one is from oscar wilde which is um obviously not a christian Uh, i think is is he a philosopher He's Oscar Wilde, a very he a, popular author. I'll say, yeah, yeah, you're the English person, so you'd know better than me. But here's I, what he said about singleness. He said, celibacy is the only known sexual perversion. In other words, the only thing that's wrong, like, is being single. Everything else, go for it, homie. But single, yeah, that's that's what sexual perversion is. Which is like, I mean, obviously that's not a Christian worldview at all. No. But that's a worldview that so many people in the world have. And I think so much of that has potentially even poured into Christianity in terms of if you're not married, you can't actually serve God to your full potential. You can't actually do this. Like most youth pastor. I was told I should not make by a deacon at my church. I was told that I should not make any permanent ministry decisions as a single woman unless I have chosen the path of being a dedicated spinster. I said, mm, pass on that advice. I'm going to go serve Jesus anyways. And I know Fuller and I, we've had uh, episode 100. There, me and I have some disagreements on, does a youth pastor or a pastor need to be married to step into ministry? But I've actually seen youth pastor job postings where they actually say you have to be married and at least one kid who is not in youth group and your wife cannot work. Like that was actually in the youth pastors like thing. In fact, I, or, you know, what's actually funny. I applied for one youth pastor gig and they gave me the salary package and I'm like, that's lower than like what I made in college. And and they're like, well, your, your wife can go work because you can't get a second job. This will be your job and this is all we can pay you. So she's gonna have to help go work and figure something out. And I'm like, geez, okay, that's not okay either. Um, 
but this this idea of of finding your person though i think is so ingrained in the church and even in the jewish times like uh there's a couple quotes here which i thought were kind of fascinating it says in the first century rabbi eliezer said any man who has no wife is no proper man and then the talmud which uh Fuller and i've talked about the talmud a lot it's kind of like the commentary by the Jewish rabbis on the Old Testament. Um, it says that the man who is not married at 20 is living in sin. <laughs> okay, if you're not then. married by the age of 20, you're living in sin, I mean, a.k.a. ring by spring. That's that's what he's pretty much saying <laughs> for Bible college talk. But, you know, Jewish cultures are the dad, fact though. of, even in Judy, like in the Jewish culture, the Middle Eastern culture, the fact of, a woman is born into the world to be a wife and a mom. That's it. Like yep. you're not called to go have your own career. You're not called to do things. In fact, in the Middle East still today, they're still dealing with some of that with inequality between like men and women and child marriages and, and all these different things. But that goes completely against what the apostle Paul even said though, in the new Testament where he's like, I wish all of you were like me single so and, you could serve Jesus. You know, now being on the other side of marriage, and being able to look at it both ways. And what Paul said of like, you know, when you're married, you have to think of things of the world because you're having to, and, and obviously. <laughs> you have to make decisions you and I are having to make right now. Yes. And, you know, being single, it frees you up. Like I used to be like, life would be so much easier if I had a husband. You know, I have oh, all spill these the tea, girl. Kids. Spill the tea. Spill the tea. <laughs> and so I would always be like, and my married friends would be like, well, you say that, but marriage is so much difficult and it doesn't uncomplicate things. It actually complicates it more because there's more. I, I mean, ooh, the past <laughs> nine months, I mean, I love you have been very difficult to learn how to make just simple decisions for the kids and for us and just the house of like, Oh, I can't just make a unilateral decision because I'm the only adult in the house. I have to make a decision with you and clear with you. And I, you know, I'm like, when the kids ask, what are we doing tonight? I'm like, oh, I talked to your dad. So, I mean, it's not like I can just. Can I just say, I love that excuse though. Whenever A was up my butt, can we do this? I got to talk to your mom first. Got to figure things out with mom. It's such a glorious thing. I'm not going to lie. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I mean, there are definitely so many perks, but the mental, <laughs> I remember you asking me this about a couple months ago. You're like, what's the hardest part about being like married now? And I was like, um, making decisions because it's harder it's you know whenever I decided I mean I don't know we've never actually talked about this but like how you would have handled all the adding of children and fostering more and all that I added five in one day okay beat that one <laughs> okay <laughs> but it was the decision it's different, process completely was different. So different I chose you and the girls yes you you had some time to sit on it you didn't get a phone call and be like all right there's so there's this kid do you want him I'm like, oh, sure. sure. <laughs> That's kind of how I answered all those calls. <laughs> but, um, you know, I don't know if I would have been able to say yes the way I did. I, You know, when I entered foster care, I said, I'm laying my yes at the feet of Jesus. And I really did that. I mean, I did have times I said no because I just didn't have a piece about it. And now I can see the whys because of the timing and the children I did end up with. But um, I don't know if I could have 
I don't know if I would have all five of my children if I were married. Well, first of all, I was 24 when I started. Most 24, I mean, I do know some really awesome couples that started very young, but most couples, it's not how they view adding children to their life. They're mostly like, okay, we want a family. Let's add a child into our family. And I'm like, I got a family and this child needs a family. Let's, let's make that happen. And so when you're single, you're able to use your singleness you're, you're able to make decisions in your life in a way that it's just different. And so you have the freedom to make decisions for you and for your ministries without having to clear it with somebody else. And there's a, there's a really cool beauty in that. Though. There is. I mean, I was only single there, you know, before I married you for a little bit, but even in that, it's like, you know, Oh, like last second, a teacher would be like, Hey, I have a concert tomorrow. I will be there. Or like, hey, like like we Fuller and I started the podcast. Now, obviously, he had to clear with Janiel right. and make sure it was cool for there. But for me, I literally told him anytime, day or night, whenever you are free to make sense for you and Janiel, text me and I'll make like I, I can make it work. Do oh, I yeah. do I need to work all? And I used to. I mean, you would text me. I would work Thursday night sometimes till midnight just so I could just shove my whole work day into one day and then I could do podcasts Friday morning and then I can do other things in other right. times. And like you were able to just jump in the car and head down to Purdue to visit some students because you wanted cool. to. I was and able to just jump in the car and go to Tennessee because I could. But Yeah, um, please don't leave. Please don't I go to you, Purdue. I meant you, to visit you. I, I, well, oh, I don't go to that, Purdue? But I'm saying don't go to Purdue anytime soon because I, I need you here. <laughs> and that's the whole point is like you were more singly focused on your ministry and what you can do. And you're not, I mean, I don't know the last time I went and hung out with some friends, actually. Just me and my friends because. Well, you just moved to a town. Well, I just yeah. moved here, so I'm still getting. I'm still but but here's, friends, the, here's but. the cool thing. And let's lean into this a little bit because, mm -hmm. again, I mean, I love the fact that this isn't something that we're just talking about singleness, but you literally walk the steps. You. The, what I don't think a lot of people realize is you left home central Indiana to go down to Knoxville, which is one of the big cities in Tennessee. I mean, granted it's no Nashville, but it's still pretty, it's a bump in downtown um, to a big city, Knoxville. You went to school there for four years. You decided to stay, three sorry, three and a half, <laughs> you were fast. Uh, but then you decided to stay in Knoxville, create a life in Knoxville, find a church, start a family, find friends. So you had a group of just single mom friends who most yep. of them were foster adoptive I, moms too. I chose to put myself into my community. I chose to put myself involved in a church. I chose, I, I had to choose and make the effort and I had a great life down in Knoxville. I loved it. It was very hard to come. It still is. We'll say, yeah, you here. still grieve it. Yeah. I still am very sad about not, I mean, it, it torn sad, but I, I, I'm sad when I miss Knoxville and I get very homesick because Knoxville was, I will tell people I'm from Knoxville. I mean, I grew up in Indiana, but, but what you, Knoxville made Beth me. Schneider became Beth Schneider in Knoxville. Absolutely. And I learned so much about myself and so much about God in Knoxville as I grew into who God made me and accepted who I was. I went through a huge identity, like, not, I guess it started off as a crisis, but it became a settling of who I was. And I wasn't, you know, I had two sisters on either side of me. I'm the middle child. 
and Cindy was super musical and Missy was super athletic and I was <laughs> just Beth. Just Beth. My mother introduced me as that. I was a grown adult. And my mom said, No, that's Cindy. Cindy just got married and Missy just graduated high school. And this is um um this is just Beth. And I was like super so you know i kind of went through an identity shift of how i saw myself and who i was in the world and i dated myself and that that was a great summer it was the first summer i lived alone it was the first summer i just figured out who i was learned what i like to do i learned that i like to go antiquing you need to take me antiquing sometimes okay by the way Um, I learned that I like going downtown. I like going to coffee shops. I loved visiting churches. I loved, I loved, I found out what I like to do. And I found out that I'm a person outside of school and work and my family. I was an individual and it was such a cool experience. And I journaled a ton during that and I loved it. It was a great opportunity. And so what I'm hearing you say is it's not like you were a half a person looking for your other half. You were a person, you were Beth. Yeah. And you weren't sitting around waiting for someone to make you whole. You weren't finding someone to plug no, the I'm hole in your heart. Like you're a person and you went out and did it. Now for you as a single person though, who have, I mean, you, you've been a part of multiple different churches. You've been yeah. a part of super conservative. You've been part of ones where it's like, Worship pastor totally has no shoes on the, like he has no shoes right now. He's just playing barefooted. Cool. (laughs) And then you've been part of more like traditional ones. Yeah. Do you think the church actually makes it hard on singles? Okay. So in my, because this is something I've struggled with and and Soche and I have tried to figure things out for Southside too. I think churches get real awkward around single people, single adults, because they're like, uh. You don't really fit in anywhere. Yeah. And you know what? When I was single at one church, the college and career really wasn't my scene because I was not necessarily like them because um, I got two children. <laughs> <laughs> I started fostering. So I really, and I was like headed towards that direction. Um, but then the only other like group that fit me was the young marrieds class. So I joined a young marrieds class and I had the most children. <laughs> That's and I only really had two. funny. I only had two at the time. Um, and so, you know, I just, it was real awkward. I tried to find my place there. And eventually, you know, I just, uh, God led me away from there just because I just wasn't connecting. And I really needed community because, you know, people started seeing me as a story and not a person. And so I really wanted community. And I joined Whitestone Church down there in Knoxville. And they were like, hey, we love you because God loves you. And we're just going to love the crap out of you and your kids. And we don't care if you're single. We don't care how old you were. I, Women who were 30, 20 years older than me were my friends. And then people who were just a couple of years older than me or my age or younger who were married and had kids or didn't have kids were my friends. And you actually found people who, you know, like I'm thinking Krista, who's single and had a couple of kids too. Yeah. And it was just, it was such an eclectic and it's, it's such a beautiful way to connect because I don't think necessarily, I love groups and I think that they're, they can be great, but I also think that mixed fellowship and just bonding together with your community and not just be like, Oh, you're a single mom. Let's find you a single mom group or you're a foster mom. You can only hang out with foster moms or you're a stay at home mom. You can only hang out with stay at home moms. Like let's, that's 
small groups should be a smaller version of the church and that needs to have the variety that the church does. And so while yes, you can connect, I had a group of single foster mom, adoptive moms that I hung out with, but they weren't um, all from your church. No, right? they weren't. No. no. And were all of them even Christians? Yeah, they were. were, they, oh, were they? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, there's a beauty in variety. And so I loved it when people didn't care about ma- marital status and not everybody did I'm not saying that, but I there was no awkwardness mm. based on my marital status, I think. And so churches just need to love like and like I remember Andrew Wood, you interviewed him <laughs> one year. Oh, I think that was seventy-three? I don't know. But he and his wife invited me over to their house for Easter one time because they knew I didn't have any family and I was just in town. I don't think I knew that actually. Yeah. They invited me and I was just like, Hey, episode 73. Oh wow. I'm impressed. Your memory is not that great. It's not great (laughs) until I had to find episodes. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, they just invited me in and I got to eat Easter lunch with them. And you know, cause they didn't have any family and I was, wasn't about to drive. My parents lived, you know, seven hours away. No, actually, at that time, they probably lived 13 hours away up in Wisconsin. But, you know, it was great to be loved on by who I am in God instead of who I am because of my marital status, if that makes sense. Mm, Yeah. So let me step into not so much the the role of the church, but when... Uh, I'm thinking single person specifically. Like, like I know a lot of our followers. We have some kids that are in college, which are super cool. Yeah. Um, I know specifically we have some that are single, both guy and girl, who are out of college. They're doing their life. They're trying to figure things out. Some of them are dating, some of them are not. What if they find themselves in a church and they're like, you know what? Like, I love the church. I love, you know, Pastor Bob, whoever the pastor is. I love the worship. I love this. But I'm just, I don't feel like there's a place for me. I feel like I'm the outsider. Like when they have prayer meetings. Well, I would have questions first. You would have questions? Yeah. What are you doing to make yourself part of the church? Rather than just sit back and hope someone finds you? Yeah. But, you know, but I also am thinking of like specific people that I know went to Southside. And um, we had uh, one girl, she was a year younger than me, and she was the greatest youth leader honestly, one of the greatest ones I've ever had. Not, I mean, she was always present, but the thing that was super cool was because she was single, she had her junior high girls at her house all the freaking time. Like, and they were going out and doing stuff and she would just text me and be like, Hey, I kind of want to do this with the girls. Is that cool? I'm like, go, go have a great time at the mall with the girls. Like you don't even, I'll post it. You, you tell me what to post on Instagram and you, you guys just go live it up. Um, and it was super awesome to see, but I also know it's hard when there's a lot of young couples who are, you know, either getting married or they are married and they have kids and you you feel alone in the church. Yeah. I would just, honestly, I have had couples over to my house. I invited them over for dinner, but you like, yeah. You single Beth would be yes. inviting like married couples. Okay. Yes. I see you. you hospitality doesn't come with just a ring. <laughs> Is that the quote of the episode? <laughs> hospitality doesn't come with a ring. Okay. It's true. I'm, it's true. But I'm also a two. So this is my personality. I Enneagram, love, folks. What's up? I love having people in my home. I love hosting. I love feeding people. And if you love my food, that just makes my day. Um, and I would invite people over. 
And then they would invite me over and then we'd build a friendship because that's how friendships work is when they go. So, both ways. so what I'm hearing you say is maybe if someone butt. is single, Sorry. maybe get out of your comfort zone and, yes. and do something that's not normal. Well, first of all, if you're single and you're trying to quote unquote actively <laughs> dating, that is uncomfortable. Nothing yep. is more uncomfortable than awkwardly dating. Okay. I've tried online dating. I've done the whole chat with a guy, get awkward, call on the phone. Oh, it's not interesting. Had to hit on the security installer. Okay, okay. You One know. time. Here, here's a, here's a, here's This is my favorite story. <laughs> oh, it is. Um, you know how they're like, get out there and go date because no one's going to come, you know, you're not going to just meet a man knocking on your front door. Well, I did, sort of. It didn't work <laughs> out. But I felt really, really, really awesome for doing this. Like Wonder Woman vibes oh, where it's I like, I like, just asked him out and he said, well, you no. just ruined the story. Oh, <laughs> Rewind. So I had a guy come to my house to sell me ADT, ADT security and I might have purchased it. I needed it, but I don't know if ADT I would mean, have been the option. I mean, when them salesmen are cute. <laughs> That's real cute. Okay. <laughs> Lucy had to have been three weeks old. So I had five kids, two of which were four months old, five months. No, she went five months old and three weeks old. And I remember I was, he was talking to me through, I look like a freaking hot mess. And Lucy, I remember feeding Lucy a bottle while he's running me the like spiel and Lucy burps in his face, the cutest little burp because she's <laughs> three weeks old, but it's still, he was like, Whoa. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, maybe we vibe in. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to read these things. And so he gave me his number. So to, well, for mm-hmm. the security reason, like for, for like to make sure that the security guy, that's, that's why, I, that's why I gave you my number too, you know, just no, but I was like, my friend and I were talking and she was like, Oh no, he gave you his number, number. And I was like, I don't know. So I texted him a few days later, said, Hey, the security system got set up. Thank you so much for your help. Hey, uh, I know this might be a little, I bet this, you never had this before, but a single mom with five kids, uh, might be asking you out or something. I don't even remember the guy's name at this point, <laughs> but I asked him out. And he was like, I'm flattered, but I'm actually seeing somebody, so I can't. But thank you. But he didn't say no. He didn't say no. But I don't even care that I got shut down because I felt so awesome. I was like, who else wants to be asked out by Beth Schneider? (laughs) I mean. You said it a little longer. I felt really great about it. And the rejection didn't feel terrible. It was more nerve wracking to ask to be denied. Have you seen this article from Relevant Magazine? They just posted it on their Facebook page yesterday no. from time of recording. It says, stop waiting for him to ask you out. That's yes, the title girls. of the article. No, I, hey, I called you out when we were talking. You did. I did. And the best part, okay, so um, if people fully know the story, Nicole Howbold, we actually asked her to be the interview for episode 39 about foster care because she, and now super, cause she, I mean, she has a cool story too. She works for a foster care agency now and yeah. she still fosters her little one. Hopefully, Hopefully you know, not going to the adoption will go through. Um, and she was like, no, Mark, you want this girl on the show. And, um, and I was like, okay, cool. So we had you on the show and then we were, we were texting and Nicole Hobbled was probably the, besides Fuller, and Devin, um, she was probably the only person that knew that we were still in communication. And oh, she half of Knoxville flat- knew that we were talking. <laughs> <laughs> but she flat out looked at me and said, "I'm going to warn you, Mark, because I get this vibe from Beth. 
you better be prepared to answer the DTR question because she will ask you. It's been like, like no. a month and a half, And I'm like, man. no, you're not. I know she's not. She's not going to do that. Girls, don't wait around. It was like the same day. You were like, okay, so I just got to know what is this? And I'm like, oh, shoot. I'm like, no, I don't play games, though. That's you don't. But I'm a very straightforward person. I'm not going to play games. If, if I would have dragged my spending, feet a little oh, longer. I, I, I would have dragged my I was, feet probably I much longer. I picked that up. I was very aware that that was most likely going to happen. So I knew that my heart was getting very much attached to Mark. And I thought, you know, that's probably not going to be the best choice for me because I'm going to protect me. And I'm not afraid of hard conversations. So I asked him, I said, so I'm not asking you to date me right now, just with your story. And, and obviously we were long distance so that complicated it. And I was like, I'm not asking you to date me, but I need to know what this is because we're talking every day and I'm spending a significant amount of time and energy on you. And if this is going nowhere, I can't talk anymore because I mean, we can still be friends and stuff, whatever, but we can't spend every day, all day texting because I have five children to raise. I ain't got time for that crap. So I said, bet. (laughs) (laughs) So then we were married. Like, what would that be? Like 10 months later? (laughs) Yeah, I was May. That was the end of May. That was May, yeah, so 10 months later. <laughs> You're welcome. There you go. <laughs> so so to, to kind of land the plane a little bit, I feel like I'm sitting here feeling, man, yeah, I've, yeah. It, it's funny to look back I, over I think our story to, a little bit too. I, but Yes, but I also think like there's a big deal for women especially and men too. You do not have to wait to be married to serve God. That's a bunch of baloney and if god calls you to something it most likely means he's calling you to it at that time obviously there are some things that you need to wait on um you know if you don't have a car you can't be called to drive sweet old ladies to church like you know that there's obvious details (laughs) you know for me i was called to foster care and i was like okay why would i sit on this And I had lots of people discouraging me. And one guy even told me, that's like putting the cart before the horse. You're never going to get married. And I said, okay, fine. And I had one lady who I actually ended up going to church with her years later. And she remembered me and and what I said to her that day. She said something about, oh my gosh, your daughters look just like you. And I was at, I was getting donuts at Maker's Donuts with Avon City on the very first morning I had them. So I got them at like one o'clock the day before. First morning, I took them out to donuts with some friends of mine. And she said how much my daughters look like me, which I still get that. And yep. I think it's hilarious. And I said, oh, wow, that's hilarious because I just met them yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I'm a foster parent. And, you know, it took me off guard. So I wasn't very, you know, it, it probably is not the best way to... It's, admit to somebody but it just took me off guard and she goes like wait you are she was like you're so young I'm like yeah well I'm single like you know I just kind of like my story came out and she was like aren't you afraid you're going to be single forever and I was like well my goal is still the same God called me to foster care or called me to orphan care when I was 15 that's always going to be a goal of mine why would I step away from my goals just to get married because marriage is not my goal serving Jesus is. And Jesus has called me to foster care. So and do you think a lot of people have turned marriage into the goal? And that's why when yes. people finally get, now, like they just go for marriage, people, they get married and then things yes, like bad because things happen. Some people and some women have the goal of being a stay at home mom. And that is a beautiful gift. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. And it can be a goal. You were a stay at home mom 
without even being a wife. Yeah. And in and, and working as a mom, yeah, I'm not going to get into all that nitty gritty stuff, but like, what is your goal? There is more, I don't want to say there's more to life than being a mom because that's obviously, I don't like working right now because I want to be home with my babies. I cried every day <laughs> since I started work because I want to be home with my babies. I don't want to have to work. But I also, my goal is not just to, I don't know. I don't know how to say this without sounding offensive too, because God has created you with unique gifts and abilities. You can use that anywhere. How does that apply to the whole, how does that apply to every part of your life? God has called me to love people big. That is my goal. And through that, God has also given me the passion for foster care and adoption. And I wasn't going to let my marital status stop me from doing that. (coughs) And so for me, if somebody did not align with my goals, I'm not going to date them and marry them. There were lots of questions that I had for you. And, you know, I mean, even down to how do you feel about having a transracial family? And how do you feel about adoption and like you know we had to have those hard conversations obviously it was more pertinent because these people were human beings not like figurative like how do you feel about adoption one day it's like how do you feel about adoption like like right now like this is yeah which i mean you know fun fact i mean our adoption day for me to adopt the girls is in what not even a month yeah like three weeks yeah and so and those were all conversations that we had to have but i think the big picture here that i'm taking away with this is you had to ask the question, what did God make you to do? Because you were a whole person. Right. You're a whole person, married or not. So do you think maybe when people are even single, like desired. I'm thinking the college kids right now, I'm thinking the, the 24, 25s, heck, even the 30s, that you know they're, they're not married. They're just hanging out and doing their thing. Do you think it's time to do a little bit of soul searching and go, what did God create me for? Right. And let's go do it. Yeah. Don't sit on your hands. Uh, you know, there's like a lot of, I'm waiting for marriage. I guess that's more dealing with sex, but like, I'm, I'm waiting, I'm, I'm waiting for God to bring me somebody. And yes, that's a good thing to be waiting and for to be hopeful, but don't let that prohibit you from searching God and serving God and serving other people and loving people big. And you know what, as a single person, sometimes that's exhausting, loving other people and feeling unloved in the process. That is exhausting and discouraging. And I will be a hundred percent honest with you that that is when it felt the hardest to be single because I'm like, I'm loving everybody so well and so hard and so big. I mean, at the end of the night, it's just you and on the it's couch. just me. And that's hard. That's hard to see and experience you pouring yourself out and everyone be like, oh, how are you still single? You're such a great person. I'm like, I know. <laughs> I know. I need these fools to get with it. Um, Sorry, I'm trying to... <laughs> I was going to make a joke, but not appropriate. Um, so I need, you know, I, I need people to understand like you are a whole person, whether or not you're married and you're allowed to want marriage all in the same thing. You know, it's just like a lot of, you know, the older I get and the more experiences I have, the more I'm like, everything can be both good and hard at the same time. Parenting, good and hard. Singleness, good and hard at the same time. Moving to South Bend to be with the literal man of my dreams and give my children a father and have all this this beautiful, wonderful story is so good and amazing. But it has been dang hard. 
And exhausting. We, we went to bed at what time last night? 9.15. <laughs> it was glorious. <laughs> <laughs> I am normally a night owl. And I was just I like, bet I'm I, I have fallen asleep at 9.15 multiple three times, times this, week. this week. And I just, I don't know. I Singleness was a beautiful thing for me. And I'm so thankful for all the things that I got to learn. I mean, I was able to buy two houses as a single woman. Well, technically three. And I was able to foster and adopt five children. I did incredible. Um, I, I got to do an incredible job um, teaching Latin and doing student life and worship arts and volleyball coaching. I was able to pour into so many kids' lives. And you know what? I used to say a lot, um, people are a bad investment because you're, you're never going to get an ROI on them nope and you know what i'd never i'd i'd never want to waste my life on anything else Hmm. and i love people but that's what god's called me to do is love people big and that was something i remember us talking about is like what what you asked me what is god's calling on your life like you asked me like specifically and i said i think it's to love people big and i've learned that i also can't expect it in return which sounds super sad when you shift your perspective to how much love I've gotten from my father in heaven and how much he has just poured his grace out of my life. Um, and in that sometimes feels very empty when you're sitting there and saying, it's okay. I'm going to love everybody big. I'm going to pour out my life. It's okay. Cause Jesus loves me. But when you're able to spend that time that you have because you are single and the extra free time and you're able to pour into your relationship with God, that's, it really is as fulfilling as people say it is. Mm. And I've been there. I've been there where I have spent a couple hours in the word and journaling and worshiping. And I felt most content when I was secure in who I was in my savior. And it's it's such a cool place to be and something I don't get to experience a lot now. I don't get to have those experiences now. Not not because I'm married. It's just I don't have, I don't, I'm not, I, well, I'm making, it sounds like I'm making excuses. I don't make the time like I used to because it's not as easily made, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so. Well, there's a lot. I mean, that's what the Apostle Paul even says in that passage in Corinthians where he says that there's things that we have to take care of. We have to take, I mean, obviously you were single even with kids, you know, we still have to deal with kids, but there's so many other factors of life that we have to deal with. Right. But I mean, my kids are in bed by seven, so right, I could live it up, quote unquote. Live it up with ice cream in The Bachelor. (laughs) But you know, I had, yeah, I just, I think singleness isn't a taboo. Being single isn't a curse. It's, it is a blessing as much as that's annoying to hear. And you are worthy of love so much so that your father sent a, his son to die on the cross for you. That's, that's, you You're are. you preaching now. Like, oh, give me, just give me another hour and I'll <laughs> Jeez. go. But um, I, I just want to encourage all you single people out there to look at your bigger picture. Look at the big picture of the gospel. How are you displaying the gospel with your life? Because you as a single person, while, you know, your, your lack of a marriage doesn't necessarily, doesn't negate the beauty of the gospel and what 
Christ has done for the church. Mm-hmm. Because you are a person and God saved you and your life can speak as much of the gospel as a married person's life can. Use your life wisely, married or not, because God created you for something. Don't waste your life. Dang, Molly will be preaching tonight. <clears throat> Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. It's preaching. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> you know, I, I feel like I got to step into my pastor hat a little bit too. And, you know, everything you said, I think what's cool about it is it's not spoken from suggestion in books, but that was life experience that, yeah. that you lived. And, um, you know, I see so many people, though, while they're waiting for their person, they give up, they're tired, they let's just be honest. They're like, screw this. Like, I don't, I'm tired of waiting anymore. And I don't want to see people who are single a do something that they can't ever undo mm-hmm. whether, whether it comes to partying hard or screwing around or, you know, sex, knocking people up like that's stuff that can literally mess up your course, of your future. And, but at the same token, you know, I see a lot of these quotes that are super cool where it's like, rather than, you know, praying that God brings you a godly spouse or godly spouse, pray that you become the godly spouse that someone else deserves. Mm-hmm. And rather than focusing on, oh, I hope I find the one. I, I said this in that other episode. Um, I said, why don't you start focusing on being the one for somebody else? So that way, when that person comes along, it's not one of those, like, 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 like the joke that you said, oh, man, what, he, he don't want this. He, he wants a child instead. Like, you could be a grown child by the age of 40. Like, Oh yeah. You know, and I've so many men like that, many, and that's, <laughs> a, but that's the thing. So many dudes just sit around doing what eating Cheetos, playing video games, picking their nose and eating their boogers. Like uh, that's actually my son, but, um, <laughs> but he, he's sick. So I think he's kind of allowed to do that still. Um, we have time. but even though he did tell us on his first day of kindergarten, he said that he only picked his nose when his friends were not looking and he only ate his boogers when the teachers were not looking. <laughs> That's my son, guys. But, you know, at the same token, it's like so many times I'm thinking from the dude perspective, you know, we just play video games. We bum around. We don't do much rather than focusing on. No, 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 no. You got to focus on yourself, too, in terms of not focus on yourself, but focus on, uh, for lack of better words, I'm just going to use the Bible as being conformed to the image of Jesus. So that way, when a woman comes along and you're like, dang, I, I, I think she could be the one and you don't want her to look at you and be like, yeah, boss, you ain't ready for this. Hey, if you want some good, okay. So here's a, here's another. I know we're running out of time, but like, oh, girl, we passed time. <clears throat> it's fine. <laughs> I'm. I like to talk. I could talk all day about this stuff because I, I mean, I lived it for a really long mm-hmm. time, and I've been through the multiple. I'm an online date because I need a man. No, I don't need a man, so I'm just gonna delete it. Okay, well, I need to give it a chance because God can use anything. So I'm gonna <laughs> online date again, and then I delete it again. And then I'm going to think, oh, well, everybody, you have to let God use all the opportunities and tools to get married. So I've been the whole online dating, not online dating, trying to go on blind dates, getting ghosted. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, but one thing that I remember kind of resting in is like, I'm like, okay, I want to read these books about being single. I want to read this about being single. I want to listen to all these podcasts, but it hit me if I want to be a great single person or be ready for marriage, even I need to be close to God. So I need to stop focusing on being single or wanting to be married or being married. And I need to grow closer to God because out of that God will produce the fruits of the spirit and I'll be able to love 
better and be a better person and be a better Christian and a better whatever. And so I kind of leaned into that. And then I found Matt Chandler's sermon series, Beautiful Design, which you'll have to link that in the show notes because I'm a big fan of this series. I feel like we should start getting affiliate links (laughs) from the Village Church. Yes, I'm a big Matt Chandler fan, but his Beautiful Design series, it's 10 sermons long. So buckle up. It's you can find it on YouTube. You can find it on their church website. Well, we'll put it in the show notes. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. I'll remember this time. Yes, but I'll make sure you remember. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um, he he just talked about like women. If you find a men and you feel stronger than them, and that makes you feel like you're intimidating, cool. That man ain't for you. Tell him to go to, he <laughs> says, tell him to go off to maturation school and maybe he'll get it together and he can come back and you guys can get, do, do your thing. Like whatever. Like <laughs> don't be afraid of being a strong, independent woman, which sounds cliche, but you're not going to scare off a man. That I God mean, well, but we tell people you're all the time that, that you're not a strong, independent woman who don't need no man. We tell, we tell our, our girls, no, mama's a strong, independent woman who just happens to have a man. And that's cool. Yeah. And there's a different, like, I mean, I, I've kind of had to wrestle. I very much struggled with actually needing you. And because I'm like, I told you that so mm-hmm. many times. I'm like, I don't want to need you because, but now we're but now married. We're one me. purse. Well, okay. Yeah. I can't make coffee anymore. <laughs> now we are one and there, you know, I do need you because we are a partnership and we are one flesh because that's God bound us together when we said our marriage vows and we are one person now. So I do need you, but I didn't need you to be a person. I did that fine just on my own. Am I, I am a different person because of you, because of your influence in my life and the way you've grown me or the situation has grown me, whatever. But I didn't need you to be a successful human being. I was a very happy individual. I mean, just recently I was scrolling through old photos and I was looking at the life me and the girls had down in Knoxville and I was happy and I loved it even before you ever came on the scene. I was a whole person and I had a whole lot of happiness and I had a whole relationship with Jesus and that was enough. And so, yes, hoping for marriage is not a bad thing. Putting all your stock in marriage is not a wise use of your time. I'm really scared to ask this next question. What? Are there any other thoughts that you want to say before we, we land this plane and get into some fun facts for there the evening? There was something earlier that I, I think I lost in my thought process. but How about this? They, they can follow you on Instagram. Try but hide. <laughs> and then when it pops in your mind, you can boop, pop it in yeah. your stories. I mean, singleness... I am so, I, I, I've told you this before. I'm really glad I got those, you know, what, nine years of. Well, yeah, we joked that if you didn't go through those, who knows? I mean, would we even have been a match? Oh, yeah. Because I'm a definitely, I'm a, such a different person than I was, you know, those nine years ago when I was like, you know, just being a freshman in college. And I, I am, I am a better person because I was single and because I really was desperate for Jesus. I wasn't desperate for a man. I was desperate for Jesus and coming to that place of I need Jesus to fill my life because I have voids. Like we do have voids in our life that Jesus is meant to fill. 
And you know what? Just because I got, I hate it when people are like, oh, just get content. Because as soon as you get content, <laughs> that's when Jesus will bring you a man. Nope. I, I was content like 15 billion times. And you know what? And then I wasn't. And then I was. And then I wasn't. And then I was. And then I wasn't. It's not a magical formula. Just love Jesus and love people and let him figure it out. Because, I mean, just look at my life. I did not design or plan any of this. <laughs> this is all nope, Jesus. People are like, oh, my gosh, you're just such an amazing person. I was I, like, actually, I'm pretty sure I blacked out in part of that because there was just so much going on. So it's all Jesus. This is a Jesus take the wheel situation. <laughs> Literally. So, I mean, that's the thing is like, just open your hands to Jesus to do some really, really cool things. Lay your yes at his feet and let him write your story because... I mean, we talk about this all the time. I love our story. I'm proud of our story. I'm proud that the story in the heritage that we get to give our children because it's God. The good, the ugly, the bad, whatever. And, you know, our family is a family made out of brokenness. And God can redeem all of it. And we've seen him come back and redeem so much. I've seen him, the trauma that my girls have experienced, I've seen him redeem them where I don't see evidence of specific issues that we had at the beginning or specific traumas that they had I don't see evidence of it now now they still do struggle there are still things that come up because trauma is it alters your brain but anyways God can redeem you and God can redeem what feels broken in your life and what is broken and whatever struggles you may have God but that's the point God is sufficient his grace is truly sufficient and he will fill everything in your life Well, guys, I, (laughs) I uh, man, I hope you guys buckled up for this one, because if you didn't, you probably got blown over, because Beth, you gave us a TED Talk tonight, but here's (laughs) the deal, okay, so Fuller's not here, this is actually the only, the second episode that Fuller has ever missed for RTC, he missed episode 11, Missed this one. I missed three of them with with Paul Lindgren, which was actually just uh, one super long afternoon for Paul and for for Fuller. Um, but we have not missed a single fun fact with Fuller in however number 100, 106, whatever, seven, whatever 100 number we're on right now. But on your episode... I we just we fact. just happened to say, hey, Beth, you have one. You're like, I was completely actually, unprepared I got for one. that episode. I will admit, I didn't even know. I thought Mark and Fuller were both married. I didn't know that they were single, and then I married Mark. So did Nicole Hobble tell you I was single after? Yes, after <laughs> Nicole Hobble orchestrated, and then Angie's, I Facebook stalked you hardcore that night. <laughs> so there you go. But but you on episode 39 gave a fun fact. Yes. So tonight, I think it's okay. I think Fuller will forgive us for you stepping in and telling us the fun fact of the day. Go for okay. it, dear. Okay. So I have two because I couldn't decide which one was more important because I have to talk about Knoxville. Oh, Any buddy. chance I get. But did you know, Mark, that Elvis Presley's career took off in Knoxville. Wait, Elvis's? Yes. It really? was when a record company that heard his first song blaring from a radio, they bought his contract. And they say the rest is history. So Elvis Presley and, started in Knoxville. And the queen herself. Dolly Beyonce. Parton. Oh. No. Queen Dolly B. Parton. I mean, come on. All the single ladies? No. All the single no. ladies? She's got nothing She's the queen. the queen. No, she's not. Beyonce's queen B. Okay, well. The beehive going to get you. Fine. Sorry, the country queen. 
No, no she's she just, is the, just queen. the queen. Okay, Dolly, Dolly Parton, Parton is gold. But the other fun fact is more of a personal fun fact, but my dad and Mark discovered this summer that they shared the same exact dorm room at Northland Baptist Bible College slash Northern, Northland International University, the same exact college dorm room about 25 years apart, which is incredibly fascinating to me. So... To, to go back, so you you had three fun facts. Yeah, well, Dolly is just she's just essential. So so is Dolly from? I, I missed it. Was Dolly from Knoxville? She's from Sevierville. Oh, I've been there, haven't I? Yeah, that's Gatlinburg. That's the Gatlinburg. Area. Yeah. yeah. So Sevier either family. way, but Elvis, Dolly Parton, and me and your dad—that's four fun facts, kind okay. of all all wrapped in one. But either way, guys, we hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode of Real Talk Christian Podcast. Again, Fuller's going to be back next week. I know he misses you guys. I miss him, but I'm also not complaining who the co-host was tonight. So dear, thank you for, for joining me for today's episode. Of course. So just Thanks like, me. just like always those guys, feel free to reach out to us. Real talk, Christian podcast.com. Or you can also do the email at real talk, Christian podcast at gmail.com. The phone number at five, seven, four. Oh shoot. Full is going forgive me. It's uh, well, Go to the website. It's right there. I was going to get I think is our phone number. You can leave us a voicemail or a text message there. But hit us up on Instagram, Facebook. We've been having a lot of conversations with you guys over there at the DM. So feel free to ask us anything. We've even had phone calls with some of you guys. It's been really cool to see the RTC family and community grow. And feel free to check Beth out as well. Just mainly Not Instagram. Like check me, check me out. No, that's my job. So, uh, wow, we just went there. But check her out on Instagram at tribe of hide yes it used to be at schneider ladies but now it's at tribe of hide well dear before we sign off is there anything else you want to tell the people's i mean i love you (laughs) i don't know what else you want me to say you're supposed (laughs) to say well i I did so until next time though then oh i didn't okay you ready you ready We're, we're gonna do the sign off we're gonna do the sign off you ready all right guys well hey um just like always reach out to us but until next time See you later. No, Question. it's take no, it easy. I don't know. It's take it easy. <laughs> you have to.